Welcome back to another week of Taking Sides. I'm your host, Al Walsh, and joined, as always, by Pauly Parlays. You can follow the show on Twitter at uh, Taking Sides. You can follow Pauly at Game Day Facts, and you can follow myself, Al, at 14a.walsh. Paul is cracking up in the background because that was this was take two of doing <laughs> But it's all good. We are back. We are back for another week of NFL action. We're not doing it again. We are rolling right through. Uh, Paulie, thank you for joining me on this Thursday night as the as the Ravens and Dolphins are about to kick off. Obviously, we're not going to talk about that game. But uh, how you how you feeling heading into into Week Ten here? I can't believe we're in Week Ten. Like this, yeah. we said this last week. Like how are we in Week Nine? Now it's like how are we in Week Ten? This is this season. This always happens, though. You know. Like you, you get hyped in, in in the summer, like oh my god, it's football season, and then magically it's Thanksgiving, which is like that's where we are right now. Uh, last week was a great week for me. I hit two straight bets. I hit a poly parlays um, with 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 separate layers. So so I got I, I played the right five games, which my 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 win loss record has been great. I've just been ranking my games wrong. Is kind of the best way of putting it. Uh, went nine and five against the spread last week, but five of those nine were were plays that I made and that we talked about on the show. So it was a really nice week. How was your week nine? Was not bad. I went three and two, but you got to, well, I should say two and one. You got to factor in uh, some NHL that I threw in there on Sunday, went one and one there. Uh, but on the gridiron last week, the three biggest bets that I had, one, was uh, so the over in uh, Baltimore, Minnesota. That one absolutely cleaned house on that one. That that one went into the 60s. Uh, um, oh, then the uh, the Giants money line that was absolutely beautiful. Had to sweat it out there a little bit at the end. I was kind of hoping the Giants just put that that touchdown on the board after they got the big interception there, where they were up 20 to 16. And then uh, the the loss that I had in the NFL on Sunday was the Eagles against the Chargers. They looked like they had it for a lot of that day. And then the Chargers go on that that clock killing drive there at the end, which kind of ruined it. But um, it like all in all, it was a phenomenal week. Uh, I, I just started writing for the Sharp app. You can go check out their site. Sharp dot app uh, is where you find it and also download the app there on your phone, too. But. The whole premise there, the site with the with the guys over there, a lot of great information that they have with a lot of offshore sports books. So if we see, uh, you know, sort of like a big money movements that are going on in the offshore game over there. A lot of the guys that work there, they have some pretty good information. So it, it's cool to kind of see where the money's going and then you kind of start digging into these games to see. So. You know, what I got to do is I got to I got to take this information that I got to write some stuff about it, why it's appealing. Right. So I, I, I even made light of it in a recent article the other day. So Saturday uh, they had a bet where it was the Arizona Coyotes against the Seattle Kraken in the NHL. Right. So the Coyotes at 0-10-1 uh, come into this game and they take the money line on it. Plus 180. Sure enough. Uh, Coyotes are losing three to one after the first period. They battle all the way back. They they wind up winning the game five to four, but it's just some like really cool plays like that. Uh, you know, so I, I find it hysterical. Where all right, this is where the sharp money's coming in on an O ten and one team, and you're like, how do I make that work with words? But somehow you you put <laughs> that <laughs> <stack> together. <laughs> how do I make that work with words coming out of my finger? Like, 
Well, we'll say, we'll be like, listen, like we have, you know, we have good information that a lot of money is coming in on this particular side. This is why they're probably thinking that way. But in reality, it's like, oh, well, they're due for a win. An NHL team probably isn't going to go winless through their first, you know, 12, 15 games or whatever it is, you know? So it's, uh, it's funny to kind of to be on that side of it. So you got anything for week 10 that stands out? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. I need to know uh, which, which team that has never won this season that will finally win a game. Isn't that only the Lions? Are the Lions the only win this team? Jeez. I mean, we should know this. Like, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm. I'm being, guessing. Being the, the podcast extraordinaires that we are, but I, uh, I do duh. believe that Lions. I be, think I'm right. I'm just making sure now. No, nah, for sure. Uh, all right. So as I mentioned, we are going to skip over the the Thursday night game. You are correct, by the way. Yes, uh, I am. I'm so happy. Can you absolutely. name? Can you name the one win team? Uh, one win team. I know that it's the Houston Texans. Correct. Good job. And I'm not. Job. And I'm not just saying that because I scrolled by in the standings there in the NFL. But <laughs> this is actually this is going to be a true episode of taking sides because Paul and I actually disagree on what is it? It's three games that we four, disagree four, on. Correct. Four. four. We know right. we know four, and we're like very very confident in these four. So this is going to be uh, us like taking us back to our wheelhouse. I'm I'm missing an exclamation point on my board, but that is neither here nor there. Let I'll let's go to opponent's choice tonight. Where would you like to start off our week ten discussion? Well, why don't we start with one of our one of the games that we're on opposite sides on? Let's All do right. the Cleveland Browns, who are in the news because of the because of the Beckham story, um, who Beck Odell just signed with the Rams uh, at, at the Patriots. All right. Well, let's talk about it. So. Patriots, two-point favorites in this one, 45.5-point total here. Uh, if we're talking money lines, Browns plus 120, uh, Patriots minus 125. So a little bit of uh, injury or, I don't know, injury slash illness news that we have to look at here too. So for the Browns, two of the running backs, Nick Chubb and then Felton as well, both in the COVID contact protocols. Uh, there's a chance that both of them will be able to play uh, on Sunday at New England. So that is a situation worth monitoring. Uh, and then, of course, for the Patriots, uh, Damian Harris, Stevenson, both two, their running backs, uh, they both are dealing with concussions. They haven't practiced yet this week. So another situation that we're going to have to monitor. Despite all that, Patriots minus two here on the spread. Uh, this is, as you as you mentioned, a, a taking the sides, but... I got I got to put my my flag, my American Patriot flag in the ground here for the New England Patriots and roll with Belichick and the boys. They're hot right now, and I don't know what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. Although they did they rid their their big disease on their team, the ODB disease, but this is this is a Patriots team that's rocking and rolling. Why why do you think the Patriots won't keep rocking and rolling this week, Paul? Well, you just said it. Their top two running backs are out, and I believe that the Mac Jones has been the best quarterback of the five that that were drafted in this of the of the five that we care about that were drafted. I know Davis Mills got some run for the tech with the Texans for a minute, but Mac looks the best of the the early round crew. Um, but he's great because of their running game, and the and the top two backs are out this week. 
Um, you're going to have a Cleveland defense that looks like the real deal. Do we know that they're out? I don't know that they're necessarily out yet, but. Damien, I don't think there's any chance that Damian Harris is playing. And, like, he's the one that, that I think matters. Of course he matters. But, but any, anywho, anywho, I, you got to the, – the, the Browns defense, look at what they did last week against Joe Burrow and company. That is a uh, good offense. This is not a great offense. The reason the Patriots have been so good recently is that they have two pick sixes over the last three weeks. So it's going to come down to can Bill Belichick out-duel Kevin Stefanski – and Baker Mayfield. I think Baker has been very careful with the ball without having to force the ball to Beckham, who's now out of town. Um, they're going to just run their offense. And we've already seen that even if Chubb doesn't play, uh, the the Thursday night hero in, in Mr. Mr. Dearness, he can do it. He's, he, he, he's shown that behind this top five offensive line, he can do it, just like Kareem Hunt. And just like Nick Chubb can. So I, I just, I can't f- figure out why the Browns are getting points. So this is actually a bet that I already have in. I've taken the Browns money line, but I took them before the Nick Chubb news. So I got them at plus 110. They're now plus 120. Um, so I might sprinkle that into another bet uh, before Sunday. Yeah, it probably lets you know that the Browns, you know, like Chubb, Felton, those guys are probably going to play. They said that there's a chance that they could. So I'd imagine that those protocols go smoothly and they'll be on the field. Uh, but listen, I, I like what the Patriots are doing on defense. Like they got their swag back, you know, last season they, they were missing so many guys on the defensive side of the ball. This season, the guys are back. They're ready to roll. They're well rested. I, I, I just like what they're doing. And, you know, despite, you know, what we saw out of the Browns last week, that was great. I think they had a lot of big chunk plays, a lot of turnovers, a lot of momentum, uh, sort of changing plays like that. I don't think the Patriots are going to allow the Browns to do that. So I imagine this game will be very close. I could certainly see it within a field goal. I, you know, again, I know for the sake of the argument, we're we're talking about uh, taking taking the spread here, Patriots two, whatever in that game. But I think that going with either side, you're probably smarter going with the money line. You know, just skip that that extra hassle there with the points and whatnot. If you really you know, like one of these sides here, I would definitely go with the money line. So, I, I, I again, I don't fault you with the Browns, you know, hearing what's going on with Chubb and Felton and now that they might play. I mean, listen, it doesn't make me as easy about that pick with the Patriots, but I still feel confident in them. I think that they're going to put together a good performance on Sunday, no matter what happens. So are we doing, are we taking a side? Yeah. We are taking but, a but, time. But but but, I, but but like you said, I'm gonna take the Browns money line, so it's technically a two pointer. Okay, we all right. That's fine. I, I'm not gonna hassle well, you. You have you have been more than accommodating with some of the wild ass picks that I made this season. So Well we they, split listen. we we split last week yeah. and I and I and I'm ninety nine percent sure we were tied. What about what about the week that I had? What did I have? I think Washington at Denver and Jacksonville at Seattle, and they both got punked, and you let it count for half a win on each? I, I Correct. That, you so know? that we'd be tied. I think so I did that so we'd be tied. And, then we, and then we were tied last week, so it's perfect. We're still of tied. Of course. All right, let's do another take aside, right? And we'll just get my boys out of the way here. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the Washington football team. Uh, Bucks 10 point favorites here with a total at 51 and a half. 
Uh, as for the money lines, Bucks minus 435, Washington football team plus 350. Uh, only injury news that I saw that made a difference, Godwin with the foot injury, no practice on Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on here with Antonio Brown. Um, he is – this list is questionable for this week. Uh, had the ankle injury. Bucks just coming off the bye week, as as is the Washington football team here as well. So – my favorite play in this game is is the over on 51 and a half. Again, both teams coming off their bye. Last year, after the Bucks came off their bye, they scored 30 or they scored at least 30 points in seven of the eight games. I think the only one that they didn't, they were like in the low, I think they were like 23 or 24 or something like that. So again, we got Brady time to kind of get back to normal, reset the groove, get these guys back together. And, you know, I just think that it's going to produce points on either side of the ball. If the Bucs are scoring points, that means that Washington has to come back and do so themselves. Now, I know that we're doing take a side on this one. Love the over. But, again, I just think that the Bucs put up a ton of points. Washington has the NFL's worst pass defense. And guess what Tampa Bay does pretty well, Paul? What do they do well? They sling that rock pretty damn well. So I love the matchup. I think that, you know, Brady and the Bucks are going to have no problem moving the football. And not to mention, you know, just th- this whole thing with, with the team off the bye. You know, I, I, I just think that that bodes so well for, for a guy like Brady who's entering, you know, his mid-40s. What's the number that you're seeing right here on the spread? Uh, ten. I, I've seen a ten and a half, too. I just want to make sure which way we're taking this as take a side. Are we doing it as 10? Are we doing it? What's that? I said it's a bit crucial. Right. Well, look, we can just do it at 10 and then we'll tie. <laughs> actually, all right. So hold on. I checked again. The highest that I actually see it at is 10. So, so, 10. so, so it's 10. Um, all right. And I'm not saying, look, I'm taking Washington plus 10, but I'm not, I'm not saying that I think Washington has, is going to win this game outright. They're both coming off buys. Like, sure, great. Sure. The Bucks have shown when they come off a buy, but Tom Brady's Bucks are monsters. I just think that the Washington football team, that they may be able to come off the buy and fix their defense a bit, given uh, their running back Antonio Gibson an extra week to rest up with his fractured shin or whatever it is, where like anytime he runs, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is he going to be okay? Cause I have him on one of my fantasy teams. Um, I just, I feel like Washington coming off the bye will be sticky enough to keep this game within 10. Um, I could look, the, the bucks could win 38 to 10. That could totally happen. Um, but I feel like we're going to get more of like a, like a 24, 17 game is where I really think the final score is going to going to land. So that's why I like Taylor Heineke, uh, Antonio Gibson, Chase Young, and and the Washington football team to at least keep this game within two scores. Well, it was really funny. So remember I said like last year after the Bucs had their bye week, they went on a tear. Well, it didn't get off to such a great start. Uh, they they played the Vikings. It, it was a 12-point win. I believe they covered the spread in that game. But the following week at Atlanta, they were down like real early, like real bad. I think it was like 21-3 to or something like that. And then from that moment, they went on. They So they hung 47 at Detroit. Remember on that Saturday afternoon game that wasn't even close. 
in the in the regular season finale at, uh, at home against Atlanta. They scored 44. And then, of course, everything that happened during the playoffs. So uh, it wasn't smooth sailing right out of the gate. But again, I think with both teams coming off the bye, they had enough time to study each other and, you know, see what works on offense. Of course, defense, you know, has has those same uh, capabilities as well. However, I, I you know, I, I don't think Washington uh, a week off is going to help the Washington pass defense. They've been so bad this year. I don't know. I don't know what it is about. Maryland pass defense this year, right? The the worst two teams in the NFL are Washington, who plays in Landover, Maryland, and the Baltimore Ravens against the pass. That's such a fun fact. I didn't know that. Hey, that's what Maryland does, baby. Crab cakes and giving up passing yards. How, how, how are the Maryland Terrapins doing? Not are so they, are they Are they terrible against the pass as well? I, I'm gonna have to. All right, you know what? Whatever next game we talk about, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it after I'm done. After you do your monologue or whatever, I'm gonna look it up. You think I have a monologue? You're crazy. <laughs> you all right, let's let's get it. Let's get a layup game here, real quick. Uh, we got the Jags at the Colts. Colts ten and a half points. Uh, total of forty-seven and a half here uh, on the money line. Colts minus uh, four fifty, while the Jags are at plus four hundred. We're looking at injury news this week, a little bit of it. For Jacksonville, uh, Trevor Lawrence limited a practice with the ankle thing. That happened during the Buffalo game. We saw that looked pretty gruesome. So, yeah, he had a little bit of time. Now that the shot is worn off, we'll see if that thing swole up and is giving him some trouble. Uh, James Robinson, he didn't even play last week, but he was limited in practice this week with the heel injury. And then on the cold side of things, Carson Wentz uh, having a little bit of some illness issues this week. Let's lot, lot unpack there with all that stuff, although the Colts do have the better roster. My thinking in this one is, you know, the, Col- the, the Jaguars just had that monumental win against the Bills last week at home. I, I just don't think that they come back with that same amount of effort. I think the Colts kind of show them with this, this, this new Jags team. I think they show them what the AFC South is all about, right? Like, because that, that's what the Colts do. They show the opposition with the AFC South is all about, but I think that they just take it to him in a division game here. What are you thinking? I think the Jags blew their load last week is kind of how I'll describe yeah. it. You know, that was yeah. like, all right, yeah. that's that. like, I'm saying like, that's their Super Bowl. It's totally not like, but you beat a, like a team that can legitimately win the Super Bowl, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I think it was more of it. This happens sometimes where those top teams just overlook the team that they have to play that week. And that is clearly what happened last week with with the Bills and the Jags. And they're still professional football players. They're professional athletes. And the Jags were just prepared. Look, they played a, uh, like a, a, a slow, let's play, let's play a game of field goals game. And that's the only chance that they had. Um, I just don't see it happening again in a divisional game against the Colts. These two teams know each other way too well, where you'll you'll also see that a lot of those weird upsets occur in non-divisional games where they don't have they don't know each other as well as the Colts and the Jags do. Um, I don't like the no matter who's starting for the Colts, I assume Wentz is gonna gonna end up playing. Um, but they're gonna feed Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman looks like a complete and utter stud. Um, sure, the hook might. The hook scares me a little because it's ten and a half, um, but but give me uh, give me the Colts minus ten and a half. Either way, I just don't. The Jags are so bad. 
I'm thinking we're going to, honestly, the number that just popped in my head, you're going to like this. 17 to 6 final score. So 11 cover. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. All right. Let's move it to Dallas for this one. We'll go with the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys 10-point favorites in this one with the total sitting at a Zoftic 53-and-a-half. Uh, on the money line, Dallas minus 420 for all you groovy cats out there. And the Atlanta Falcons at plus 350 on this one. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, been doing some writing with the Sharp app. And one of the games that they've identified this week early on is that there's quite a bit of Sharp action on the over in this matchup. Oh. So, so, if you're liking if you're liking, you know, for some like fantasy sort of game stack with DraftKings or something like that, uh, this is certainly a way to go. By the way, this was actually really funny. So last year I had uh, I had a lot of people over at my house, like in the backyard, and we were watching NFL Sunday. So I said, you know what, like let's make a crazy ass bet. And the bet, I think the, the Falcons were up like 19 in Dallas last season. And I said, Let, let's let's pool all of our money. And go Dallas money line, and sure enough, Dallas came back and won, and we had a merry old time that day. So it's so the fact that you're saying a lot of money is coming in on the over makes me happy because I like the Falcons plus the points here, and yeah. I think the only way they can win is in a shootout. So that's that. So I like I like that as as layer one. Also, Randy Gregory. Uh, was ruled out today. He's out for a couple weeks now. Um, he's their best pass rusher um, on, on the Cowboys. Sure, what I think they're going to do is they'll move Parsons to end a little more, uh, let him rush the quarterback from that spot instead of linebacker. So I don't think it will affect them that much, but still losing Randy Gregory is huge. Um, I just think 10 points is too much. Uh, the Falcons are now past the point of we lost Calvin Ridley. You see what they are now. They're just using Corderell Patterson in that spot. like. He's been the find of the of of the season, you know. Most improved player, he's gonna win that. Like it, I don't even know, is that an award in the NFL? Oh, like it sure is, Paul. No, because no, they, they, they that's might different. Be that's comeback different. Player. Comeback player of the year. You have the winner in this game. It's gonna be Dak Prescott. Um, most improved, I think, is an NBA one. So either way, but like Corderell Patterson, it looks like a different player than he's been in his previous stops with the Falcons. They've unlocked him to be what we all thought he was going to be when he was first drafted, I believe, by the Minnesota Vikings. Am I correct? You are correct. Right. So uh, here, here, here's uh, full disclosure. I was a Mike Davis truther going into drafts. I thought that, that like the Falcons running back was going way too cheap. I was correct, but it's not Mike Davis. It's Corderell Patterson. So, again, this is more of I just think the game will be closer then the spread, I think the spread is just too much. Uh, give me the Falcons plus 10 um, against Dallas, uh, losing, you know, one of their best two defenders. That is really funny that you say that because I was not necessarily a Mike Davis truther. I was a Mike Davis apologist, a Mike Davis simp, something along those lines. So, But I made sure to own Mike Davis in as many fantasy leagues as I could. I went two for three. Uh, in one of those leagues, I also have Patterson. In the other one, I missed out on him by two free agent dollars. 
and it still hurts to today. You know, I actually, I think I told you about this a couple weeks ago, but there was a guy in my league and he spent, oh Jesus, 71 of, he spent his last 71 fab dollars on Damian Williams of the Chicago Bears. And I have David Montgomery, so and and I put in a thirty-six dollar bid for him. So not only did Damian Williams not do great, the guy behind him, uh, Khalil, whatever, right? He yep, Khalil. Came I believe his last name is Herbert, like Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I I, I was I was kind of sure. I just didn't want to sound like a fool, but I you just, know we could I just we him. could we could make him Canadian and say his name yeah. is Khalil Ebert. <laughs> But I was, I was like, I was devastated. I was like, oh man, my season's gonna go to crap. And no, it didn't even matter. But now Montgomery's back. He had a pretty good game there on Monday night against the Steelers. So uh, I'm very, very excited for all those folks. But what is I got? So we're on the like free agent train. What is yeah. your worst, your worst free agent bid and pickup this season? Mine is easy. It makes me laugh because I literally like put it in thinking I was outsmarting people. <laughs> and I totally didn't. But what is? Do you know? Like, does something stand out as like, like how did I make that move or how did I spend that money for you? So it's not necessarily the fab. It's rather my draft. But I was rather high on Ronald Jones this season, and boy, that did not come to fruition. All right. So mine was the week that Teddy was like out with a concussion, but wasn't really out. But we weren't sure if he was out. Uh-huh. I woke up on like Saturday morning and was like, oh, he's not ruled out just yet. This is in my two quarterback league. And I was like, uh, you know, maybe I'll put in a dollar for Drew Locke. And then I was like, wait a second. If Teddy doesn't play, like Drew Locke could be good all of a sudden. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I bid $14 on Drew Locke. No one else even put in a bid. <laughs> and I'm just laughing about it because it was just like totally just out outthought myself on a Saturday morning because we have waivers at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. And I was like, Ooh, I'm getting, I'm being sneaky. But then I wasn't sneaky. Cause I was like, let me bid the most possible for a backup quarterback. So drew lock is still on my roster. I believe I'm finally going to drop. Oh, I actually, today is the first day. He's not on my roster. I dropped him and picked up uh, Deshaun Jackson for a buck. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah. Now you know when you I, make I, that I've move, actually I'd have to hold on to a guy for a little too long. Like, I knew I made yeah. a mistake, but I didn't want to drop him immediately. So I kind of just held on to him until I'm like, all right, now I can let him go. 100% Teddy gets hurt this week. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release a secret to all of my hometown fantasy league friends. So what I've done, I think I've done it probably like three weeks in a row. I'll actually pick up both defenses of, of a game that I think is, you know, because again, I got to piece it together. It's not like I have a good defense each week. I got to, you know, really like swing for the fences every time around. So what I'll do is I'll take both sides, right? So like, for instance, the one Thursday night with the Broncos against the Browns, I took both of them. And then, you know, I see like, all right, who's, who's got the the better side in the game, you know, that way, all right, if, if I hit the game, then I got the defense too. Probably two weeks in a row, I just absolutely, like, I think, like, Arizona against Cleveland, I had the wrong side. Denver against Cleveland, I had the wrong side. 
just just absolute disaster in that regard. So that's that's something that I've done a bunch too in the in the free agent game. Who you got this week? Uh, the one, the one league I actually have to, uh, of course I'm going with the Patriots again, but, um, this, this week now I got it set on the Vikings going against the Chargers. Oh, should we, should we hop into that game since that is a wonderful segue? It's in the four o'clock window, but I don't think that matters anymore. I think we're past that. We just want to talk about, you know what I'm saying? Like we can just, we also got to talk about the games that we have a good read on, you know, like does, do our listeners really care about the Colts at 10 and the Jets at 14 and the Bucks at 10? Like I honestly, so I looked at the slate when it came out this week. Um, like I look at games Monday and Tuesday night and you know that. And sometimes you're like, you're crazy. The Monday night game like hasn't even played yet. And I'm already looking at the next week because I, I do the same thing. Well, I looked and I was just like, there's like seven games where the spread is 10 or more. So what I did, what I did in my research over the last couple of days is I focused on the small, the smaller spread games, you know, the twos, threes, fours, pickums, because like the the tens and the fourteens is just like, eh, like like unless it really stands out to me, I usually try not to play those. Like I'll give you a lean on a game, but those aren't typically games that I'm going to place a bet on. Yeah. All right, so in the Sunday matchup here between the Vikings and the Chargers, the Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites with the total at 52. Uh, money lines for both sides, Chargers minus 140, Vikings plus 130. Uh, I got a little bit of a lot here for this matchup. One, we're seeing sharp money on the over in this matchup, which really shouldn't be a surprise. Both of these teams can put the points up. Uh, I know the Chargers kind of been a little slower in terms of time and possession recently, but I think that, you know, against the Vikings, right? Like we've seen a lot of these games, the, all the Vikings losses this season have been by seven or fewer points. So this is a team that's in the game. They're going to be competitive. That means you're going to put together more meaningful drives and not try to run out the clock. So I think that, and that bolds true too, you know, the chargers have been a really uh, competitive football team too, in, t- in terms of playing, you know, meaningful games that we're going to be looking for on the red zone each week. You know, like this is, this is a team that gets it done, but one uh, for us odds this week, I wrote the article, take the Vikings money line early. I have a feeling that this might start going more towards a pick them as we get there. Uh, just seeing a lot of the points in this matchup. You just talked about it with, with another game where you said, listen, that, that's with the, with the Cowboys Falcons where you said, Hey, I'm glad, you know, for my underdog here that that some points are going to be scored in this one. So certainly feeling that way with the Vikings. These two teams played each other two years ago, uh, albeit uh, Phillip Rivers was the quarterback at this time. But the Vikings absolutely embarrassed them. Uh, I think it was like a like a December game back back when they were playing at the soccer stadium. But this is going to be interesting to see. You know, there's still a decent amount of players from. Each squad's going to be on that team. Obviously, coaching's going to be different there for the Chargers. But uh, Vikings, yeah, I think it's kind of telling that the Chargers aren't a solid three-point favorite at home in this one. So I'm going to go with the uh, with the Vikings with a lot of confidence in this one. Okay, I'm just saying on my very not traditional sports book, uh-huh. I got I got Chargers minus three, minus one ten. I don't know that that makes me feel any better. I don't think it makes a difference. Um, I already bet the chargers, uh, earlier this week at minus two and a half, but this is literally 
this game is the antithesis of Anthony Lynn. If this game was plus or minus three last year, I would 120% take the Vikings plus three and not even like hesitate. It would be one of my favorite bets of the week because when Anthony Lynn was the Chargers coach, they found ways to lose these kinds of games. I truly think that the Chargers have turned a corner and they are a different team now where um, with Brandon Staley as their coach, um, they're just good. They're, lit- they're good now. Like, just like we're confused how like the Chiefs are bad all of a sudden, the Chargers are good all of a sudden. The, the Las Vegas Raiders are good all of a sudden. And the re- a part of the reasoning for that is that this team that was special for the last three years just isn't anymore. I think that these teams like see that light at the end of the tunnel, like we got a shot, man. And, and that like there, there's so many layers to it, but I like the Chargers uh, minus anything less than three. If it's three, I think it's going to be a push because like you said, I think this will be a very close game. I think it comes down to a field goal. So I kind of really, really like if you like the Vikings money line could totally happen like 120 percent. But but my my gut tells me take the Chargers and they're going to win by a field goal. I have to call myself out for reading the line going the way. So there actually is a three and a half out there on the Vikings. Uh, that one you can find, oh, at Paulie's company there at BetMGM. So I, Let's I, I go, mean, that's obviously, that is obviously a much more attractive number at three and a half to get there in this type of matchup. You're right. We're probably going to see, you know, one of these like absolutely wacky ass games. We just saw a, a, a game that I think was pretty similar. Uh, you know, the Browns and the Vikings actually, ooh, the Vi- Browns and the Vikings had a really tight game. Um I don't know, I want to say maybe like a month ago, right? So if we're talking about common opponents and and how these teams do against one another, uh, this this could very well be that, right? Remember at at the Chargers when they when they played the Browns that one week, that was that ended up being some sort of like a wacky shootout. I think like 90 plus points were scored in that game. So this ha- this has potential. Uh, and by the way, too, with the with the Minnesota Vikings, that whole Dalvin Cook situation is very weird, too. So kind of want to see how that goes. I did not, you know, even though I wrote the article about taking the line early. I mean, I obviously read it going the wrong way, but um, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't put significant money on the Vikings just yet. But Dalvin Cook's out. At least they do have a capable backup there in Madison. You know, he's yeah, not. Madison's good. Madison's no, really he's good. No, he's, he's not Dalvin Cook. He's just not some schmuck off the street, you know? Agreed. No, Madison, whenever, like, okay, so there was some, like, super sharp better um, that, what, was there a week earlier this season that Dalvin was out for, like, a week or two, right? Yes, yes. So the week that he got, like, ruled out on Saturday, some better got, Madison to lead the week in rushing at like 40 or 50 to one. And wow. Madison had it until the Monday night game and then lost. But it was just like, that's brilliant. Like it's super smart that these guys like see this and catch this before the yeah. books catch it. You know, like he's just like, Oh, Dalvin's going to be out this week. I'm betting this. They, you know, and then he had it literally until I forget who, who, who passed him on Monday night, but it was one of those crazy things similar to like the Mike white, uh, over 400 yards and stuff that we were talking about last week. Yeah, that was a phenomenal, but oh my God. Got to strike when the iron's hot, my friends. Uh, right. All right. Let's go back to one o'clock because this is the game I think you and I both 
kind of scratched our heads at. Um, Detroit Lions at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers minus nine in this one. Totals dropped down here a bit. Uh, we saw it at 43 and a half at one point. Seen it as low as 42. Uh, this could this could be a reason why. For the Steelers, Najee Harris and Chase Claypool both limited at practice on Thursday. Uh, interesting to see this too because now the Steelers money line has actually gone. So the Steelers, for instance, were at minus 420. Now that they're at minus 335 uh, for the for the Lions, plus 340 going down to plus 310 in this one, right? So that type of movement right there made me scratch my head a little bit like, huh, you know, like we just saw the Steelers kind of have a, a scare there against the, the Bears. And listen, we've seen the Steelers just play without a brain a couple times this year, right? Like that that game against the Bengals was probably the worst game of the Ben Roethlisberger era. Like they just look completely lost. I think that, you know, after the Monday night game, they might not be taking the Lions that seriously. I, I would be very interested to definitely interested in the plus nine, but money line even, I think maybe like a like some sort of like a stupid twenty-five, fifty dollar bet, something like that for the money line could work here. It's funny that you say that because I am doing a Polly Parlay's BWB betting while broadcasting as we speak. I am confirming a four-team parlay, and I need you to tell me if I should have bet it or if I should forget it. It includes right. this game. But I just saw that the Steelers are now minus eight and a half. So what that means to me is I can buy a couple points, throw it in a parlay. I now took the Steelers minus six and a half. So okay. they got to win by a touchdown. I get it that you like Detroit. They're 0-8 for a reason. They're not, I, they're not, I don't see them winning this game. So I like the Steelers. I, to win. I, get, I get why you like the winless team. Yes, go on. You mean why I like betting <laughs> against the winless team? Uh, I, was, I was kidding. Yeah. I was kidding. So, so, so I got Steelers minus six and a half, Falcons plus 10 and a half, Chargers money line, Rams money line, 34 to win 200. Bet it wow. or forget it. Not only that, you just like pretty much went against me on everything. That's cool. Really? Did I? Well, yeah. I bought I bought points in the Falcons game, yeah. so so I pushed it to ten and a half because I think they that that it, they keep it close enough. The Steelers, I bought two points because I'm stupid, and I put it at six and a half. Chargers is just money line, like you. That's that's very different from plus three, plus three and a half. <laughs> and then honestly, right. I threw the Rams in because they're Monday night, and if I get to the end, I'll probably put a couple bucks on the Niners to cover my thirty-four dollar bet. Hey, so random question here. Like, this is going to come from left field. Did you watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show? Uh, not religiously. Okay. Just, like, I'm watching. Well, I, I watched the movie. Isn't that where you, like, give Booby the ball? That's Friday Night Lights? Uh, yeah, it, it's a little different. The TV show, I mean, it's same premise, just different. Maybe stuff I'll there. watch the TV show now after you explain to me what's up. Oh, my God. Like, the TV show is amazing, Paul. Like, you need to, like, if you're looking for a show to binge, that is the one. So I'm currently binging Animal Kingdom. Have you ever watched it? I have. Great show. Oh, yeah. Like, so a friend of mine who actually, one of the guys I I bet with is like, dude, you got to check out this show. It's great. It's about these, like, surfer boys who are really, like, like the mob. 
and like their mom is the is the boss. And I'm like, all right, that yeah. sounds cool. Then I see that the mom is uh is Ellen Barkin, who like total crush on her from when she was in Oceans 13. Remember that where like yeah. they made Matt Damon wear the nose and all that because she liked like guys like that. It was very funny. <laughs> and I, I like I've gotten into it. I'm already in season four. Like and I'm just like, yeah, this is a good show. Like I I it bothers me when like shows have holes in them, which it totally has a lot of holes. But they're filling them in a little bit as we're going. Like when like Baz, so Baz dot. Spoiler alert: Baz gets murdered, and then yeah. they like just don't talk about him for five episodes. I'm like, what the heck's going on? That was some cold shit where Baz got killed. But well, you know what's funny? Well, spoiler alert: his mom's a psycho. <laughs> So my girlfriend will watch the shows, right? Like whatever shows that she's watching, like the, you know, the rom-coms, dramas, whatever. And I, I you know, I'll, I'll be in the room, right? So I see some of these shows and whatnot. That, I know why Baz left, because he probably got more money from like the rom-com, like Grey's Anatomy type crap going on, right? Like, oh, you he, think that they killed him off because he was like, I'm not coming back? No, he he probably asked to get killed off. He was like, "Yo, I got some other offers. Can you please kill me off this show so I can go do that?" All right, so let's since we're on this topic because this is fun and we're not we're not just all about taking sides. Yeah, and, oh, and well, sports. We love bets. the pop culture. We love like, the pop. pop culture. No, but this also lets our listeners into like our worlds, you know. And I love that stuff. Like we could honestly, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, time. where like if we could talk about like put a poll up about real life. And we'll probably get more hits than we will on who's going to win the Jets game. <laughs> um, but, okay, so who of the brothers, of the four brothers, well, the four brothers and Jay, do you have, like, a, like a, a, like a character that you like the most? The, uh, the dude with the long hair. He's cool. You, so you like, you like Craig, the drug addict, or you like, or you like Darren, the, the, the homosexual? The D- Darren, the drug addict, I would identify. No, no, Craig. With. Craig is the drug addict. <laughs> Craig, you're right, right, right. So, so yes, yeah, I would okay, identify okay. So my only problem addict, with yeah. my only problem with the Craig, <laughs> my only problem with the Craig character, I think he's a great character, but like in season one, Jay is dating that girl who's now not on the show anymore, and like they break right. up, and Craig starts dating a high school girl. Like, what are you doing, man? Like that's just yeah. wrong. Oh, I forgot it. And I, it like, was like, the, like the one that Jay was dating. Right. That just turned me uh, off on the Craig character. All right. I was, so maybe I was just not. like, maybe I was I'm just not. like, bro, what are you doing, man? And like, and you, and then you have you have Pope, who like, like I feel bad for Pope at this point. So I'm oh, all man. about Jay. Pope. Like I think the Jay character, like he's still turning into something, and we don't know what he is. Like I describe him like a butterfly, and he was like in a cocoon, yeah. and he's. And he's about to break out of it, and I'm sure something awesome is going to happen. But I love seeing like what he's doing and how he's like growing up before my very eyes while I'm watching the show. Did you know that Jay has a British accent in real life? Shut up. Yeah, I. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I probably blew your mind. You probably okay. had no idea. It's so funny that you said this because last night I was watching the Knicks game against the Bucks with my dad after the game was over. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes on. And I was like, Dad, do you know that Tom Holland is British? He's like, no way. And I'm like, isn't it insane how, like, all of these guys, like, he's like, oh, like, yeah, Hugh Jackman is Australian, and it's amazing. I had no idea that Jay was British, and yes, my mind is blown. 
Yeah, I got you. These actors are, are amazing. Like, honestly, there's a couple that you can like tell, like Alice Eve. Do you know who she is? You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Ah. You don't know who Alice Eve is? Yes, you do. Nope. Uh, she's out of my life. She's the beautiful blonde woman, and oh, she's out of my league. She's great. She's yes. fantastic. She is British. You can hear her American accent isn't perfect. Okay. So, so like I could tell, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that like she is faking it. But I had absolutely you, no idea that Jay was British. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and like, and the thing, if you're not looking for it, then you're not even. You probably don't even care, right? Because Jay, he's not an actor that a lot of us Americans know. Right, like he exactly. He he's he's a fresh face, so we don't we don't know anything about this guy. And, and I kind of I find myself liking shows more like that. So uh, my girlfriend and I just started Yellowstone the other night. That's a I that's heard, a show. I, I heard that's very good. That's with Kevin Costner, right? Oh uh, yeah, he shoots a cow in the first like thirty seconds. That could be the next one I pick up because obviously I'm I'm shooting through Animal Kingdom. I think I have like a season and a half left, and then. Well, I need to find something new. And by the way, him shooting a cow, it's just, to, it's to put him out of his misery. There's a big, That's like... That's nice. That's like, nice. Whatever. I might be giving the, the first couple seconds away, but no, Yellowstone's badass. That's like, that is... It, so, as my girlfriend put it the other day, it is uh, Sons of Anarchy out in the mountains, basically. I haven't watched Sons of Anarchy either, and I've heard that's really good. Oh, I, I like a lot of these TNT and TBS shows. Like, like okay. I was like I lo wasn't Dexter on one of those those channels also. TNT is yeah. So they, like I TNT, really like Dexter. We know drama. Right, I really like Dexter. I like Chuck. I like Monk. Like those are all on those channels, but I never watched them when they were new shows. I watch them now. My dad's a big Monk guy. Monk 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 reminds me a little of myself cuz I have a little OCD. So like I find things funny that I don't know that other people would. Because I'm like, oh my god, I do that sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where that's I do. Why, I that's do. why that character, and I like mysteries. Like when I read books, or if I was to read a book, I like, oh. I like that each episode he's solving a crime, and like I try to figure it out before he does during the episode. Gotcha. All right, we got we going back to the gridiron, whether you like it or not. Two games left in the one o'clock window. I did want to talk about this one. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the Titans. Titans minus three, total forty four and a half. Uh, money line for the Titans at minus one fifty. New Orleans plus one thirty. So Kamara, this is a big one. No practice. It was so big that they even had it on the ESPN bottom line. If it's if it if it's on the ESPN bottom line, it's gotta be true. So if Kamara's not in this game, that means I believe Simeon. You even had a little note if Taysom Hill is in this game too. That's gonna affect what you're thinking here. But I, I think at the beginning, I, I like New Orleans, but seeing the seeing the stuff about Kamara now making me feel some type of way right now. I'm not ready to make a pick yet, but interested where you're at here. So legit, same exact thinking. So. Early in the week, yeah. I had Saints plus three, if Taysom. Um, just monitoring the number as the week went on. And last night, I took the Titans minus three at plus 100. That was just a yeah. like a must-bet situation if I can get the Titans at even money. That was before – I knew Kamara didn't practice one day. But, look, if Kamara's out, that'll just mean they'll, that they'll feed a newly reacquired Mark Ingram, um, which will then help one of my fantasy teams, which I love. But I don't know who to bench – and we can talk about that. You can help me figure that one out. Um, uh, but so at the right beginning of the season, 
at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the week, I was Saints plus three if Taysom starts. Now I've, I've placed a bet on the Titans minus three at plus 100. It's just that's an that's an insta bet for me. It's not that I'm reading I love anything. The, I love those odds. Right. It has nothing to do with with Kamara being in or out. It's solely you're giving me the better team at home at even money, so I'll take it. So let's let's try to find the holes in the Titans, right? Because oh my God, they're going on the road against the Rams. They never have a sh- they'll never have a shot against the Rams in LA, and they just went up there and laid a money line whooping on the Rams on Sunday night. So are you worried about, you know, like, Oh, that was, that was a big win for them. Or, I mean, let's, let's be honest too. The Titans were on a roll. So they were on a roll. Like I want to say three, four wins in a row, Henry gets injured. And then there they go into Los Angeles. I mean, this is impressive for Tennessee to be, to be doing a lot of this right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I was that guy last week who said the Titans are Derrick Henry. I think I was proven wrong, right? Like, uh, but, yeah. but also I honestly, like, look, I'm, I'm now thinking back to my watching of that game. That game turned on Matthew Stafford having a really bad game and making a really poor decision in the end zone because he was scared he was going to take a safety. If he doesn't do that, I think the Rams still win that game. And I think that the first half was just too much for them to overcome. So now that I'm thinking it through, I'm a little scared about my Titans bet, but it doesn't, stuff like that happens every week. And you know that. Um, Also, the Titans defense looks real. At the beginning of the year, I thought that the problem with the Titans would not be their offense. It would be their defense. I have a Super Bowl ticket on the Titans at 40 to one. So I love that they are the leader in in their conference right now. Um, I have a 25 to one Ryan Tannehill MVP ticket because I just thought the odds were too good. So like I've been on the Titans all season. Um, the Derrick Henry injury just stinks. But yeah. But, but all in all, I, I just uh, as long as the Titans defense is actually good, which it looks like it might be, I, I like them, especially against the Saints' second or third string quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Tucker just missed the field goal. Uh, yes, he did, sir. Come on, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't know. Oh, uh, okay. Who cares? Hey, so here is here's a fascinating stat that I found from the Titans, right? So, if we're talking about totals here, so in each of the last three Titans games, one team has scored forty points. Oh my God, no, this is this is the wrong trend. I'm are so you, sorry. Are you just are you just making things up? No, uh, I, I I was looking at 2020. I'm so all right, sorry. All right, Al, I got a trend. I got a trend for you. Holly uh, <laughs> parlays over the last five weeks has won at least nine games against the spread, but he's lost money in three of those five weeks. All right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun trend, right? It's a fun yeah. trend for bookie, not for myself. The uh, the number that I wanted to get to, Titans, in each of the last five games, at least 27 points that they put on the board. So, you know, if we're, if we're looking for people to get this up, I don't, you know, the, the Saints have a very good defense. And then, you know, we, we you know, we got to think about, all right, Kamara not being in the lineup, too. 
that's that's interesting to me, right? So if the Saints are going to be down Kamara, if they're going to be down to their QB two slash three, whatever, I don't know. I I think I would feel a little more excited about the Titans just based on the fact that they could put up points, whereas the Saints, you know, it looks like that they're, they're going to struggle to put those points on the board. Yeah, I totally hear you. So so the league I have Mark Ingerman. Yep. Tell me who I bench. I have Daryl Henderson, Austin Eckler, Marvin Jones, Stefan Diggs. I'm starting Bateman tonight. Keenan Allen and Jarvis Landry. I have two flex spots. So Probably Landry. I guess, but I don't know. That's tough. I, look, I, look, Landry already is limited in practice, but I feel, and I think the Pats will try to take him away. So I guess if no Kamara, that, that is the logical move. Landry is in like my lowest spot, just like going through. He's in my like last flex spot. So I guess that's logical, but like Landry against the Pats, eh, like I feel like he's good for like five for 80. But yeah, if Ingram is solo in the backfield with Kamara, I almost have to start him. Yeah, this whole thing with Kamara is interesting. You know, it's this isn't a usual thing to have him out of the lineup. It's a u. <laughs> he's had a lot of unusual things this season. Like the first, I don't know, seven games or something like that. The the Saints just did not feature him in the passing game, which is you know that's his bread and butter right there. And last couple of weeks, they finally started getting him some targets out of the backfield. This is, you know, this is what the Saints need to be doing. And they've had some nice performances here that they almost had a really nice comeback against Atlanta, uh, you know, in their last game. But this uh, this season's kind of feels like it's slipping away from the Saints really quick. And as a Bucks fan, you know, I love to see that with the Falcons and the Panthers as the only other the only other teams in the division. Nah, me. Hey, speaking of of those Panthers, uh, Cam Newton. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that that happened, right? Like this is <laughs> this is it could be one of the more historic cases. But PJ Walker should be he he's probably going to get the start this week. You you now, love PJ Walker because you love the XFL. You're damn right. And I'm glad that you know me so well that there was no question about why I love them so much. Look, it says a lot about PJ Walker. It also says a lot about Sam Darnold. But like Cam's been waiting for his opportunity and he got it now with his old team. I love it. I absolutely think it's great. And it's a different scene, right? No more Ron Rivera in Carolina. You got a new head coach, Matt Rule, there. So it's a different it's a different situation. He is beloved in in Carolina. Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. You know, also also fun fact, the Carolina Panthers are the only team in in the I believe it's in all of the four major sports that their team name is not the state or the city that the team plays in. Because Carolina is not a thing. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. Fun uh, fact. Fun fun trivia fact for you and your friends this weekend. I do like that. I appreciate you, But you that. ask it the other way around. You say, like, what NFL team? Like, name name the only NFL team where the, where the name of the team is not the city or the state that, that the team is in. The tricky one now is Washington football team. But they play, don't they? But are, are they in Washington, D.C.? No, they're in Maryland. So then, then, then I'm asking the question wrong then. Because then that's wrong yeah. too. 
Or you're get, answering I, it wrong. What, no, which but, two uh, NFL teams no, but it's are not? not and, it, it was only, the only answer was the Carolina Panthers. So I got to figure out. And, what but the real and if we <laughs> if we really want to get to total bullshit, we could talk about how New York is hijacking. Exactly. Uh, it should be the New the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets. Like show right. some show some respect to the Garden State. You know what, what I'm are saying? Your, what are your thoughts on the New York Bills? I, absolutely. Or let's let's make them the Orchard Park Bills because that's real. Like be the new, I think they should be the New York Bills because that's funny. Let let's pay some homage to the OP. Yo, we should take a trip there and join Bills Mafia for a weekend. That would be fun. My my friend had a trip up to like the Buffalo area uh, over the last weekend, and I guess like the Bills had a bye week or whatever. When he went up there, he was so pissed. Oh, that's so sad. So he, he yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I ever went up there, I would make sure that the Bills have have a game, so I had something to do. Upstate New York, they got some they got some decent spots up there. Yeah, Rochester's really nice if you've ever been there. Yep, I have. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Where else I've been upstate? Cooperstown's up there. That's cool. Of course, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's it. I don't know if there's anywhere else I'd go upstate. Uh, real quick, what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, actually, hold on. Let's 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 get Panthers Cardinals going there. Uh, we did not even talk about the injuries, but Darnold's out for this one, so that's that's the whole PJ Walker thing. Murray and Hopkins for for the Cardinals. Neither of them have practiced as of today. So seeing that huge spread out there, and it's interesting too, right? Because the Cardinals absolutely just smacked around the 49ers on their home field with their like second team offense basically the other day. So what I mean, the Panthers probably don't have a shot here with PJ Walker, right? I do not think so. Um, I took the Cardinals. Um, this is the third leg of a parlay that I can talk about now um, at minus nine and a half uh, earlier in the week. I think Kyler is going to end up playing. Um, but that doesn't really affect my read on the game. Um, I just think the Panthers are so bad. They're down to the fact that they have signed Cam actually makes me feel even better about this because that shows me <laughs> how they feel about PJ Walker, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if they thought he was good, you sign like some guy. They already signed Matt Barkley. So why are you signing Matt Barkley and then Cam Newton? That says a lot to me about, about PJ Walker. So the three-leg parlay is Cardinals minus nine and a half, Browns money line at plus 110, and the Ravens tonight at minus six and a half, which I don't think that looks so great right now, you know, up three nothing with a missed uh, Justin Tucker field goal, but we'll see how, how that one, one lands. A lot um, of game left, Paulie. Agreed, ag agreed but, that, but Justin Tucker missing a 48-yarder, that hurts. I need those free one. One of the biggest bets that I ever played. Pro, eh, no, it's probably like my second or third biggest bet that I ever placed in my entire life. Justin Tucker missed an extra point to to tie the game. Like, that's just the kind of luck that I have been accustomed to over the course of my life. Wait, your bet was that he would miss the extra point? No, my my I had like $500 on the Ravens that day. Is that really the biggest bet you've ever made? Well, the second one, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, like, we, like, you and I sports bet a lot, and I, like, right. you're, you're opening up my eyes. 
the big, the largest bet you've ever made is is five hundred dollars. Right. The largest. I don't even want to tell you now. That and listen, I'm not. I I've never well, claimed all right. to be a whale. <laughs> but I'm not, like but that, I'm not you know? a whale now. I just think I have a problem. So the largest when bet I, when I, the largest bet I've ever made on like a random sport, and I'll never forget uh-huh. it because I was freaking out the whole time. I bet fourteen hundred dollars on Novak Djokovic to win a match to win a hundred dollars. He won. That's that's all I gotta say. You know, like it. Yeah, like, but I, like there, there I know that that's like the like... weirdest, stupidest bet I've ever made in my life. It worked out, but that like two and a half hours was hard for my stomach. <laughs> I, I I can imagine. You know, like how would you even? The only, I remember one the time only way I, I lose that bet is if he if he has a walkover, like if he retires. When when I was sports betting and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, there was one day where I took a blind college football favorite, uh, and this is back in the illegal days, right? So there was like it, it's not now where it's legal. Like if you don't have the money, then you know you're not betting, right? I like I like that sort of cap on myself, but. <laughs> Right, um, right. No, I. Oh, oh, I, know, it, oh, it's oh, oh, I, oh, I owe you two thousand dollars. Lose my number. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it's some sort of situation, right? But, but so one day I was just having a real rough week, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I need a win. So let me put this minus five hundred uh, money line team yep. in. Yep. And sure enough, they lost, and like my whole world was just ruined for like. Yep. A couple months because when you owe that much money, like you just feel like there's no, you know, there's no escape in sight. But you know, I whatever. You just work your way back from that. You stop. You stop going out to the bars and shit like that. You just, you know, you put your money where I gotta go. But that that situation sucks. That's something that nobody ever wants to be in. So that's why I've been much more responsible with it. Like when I played DFS, I did a lot of single entry because. I've seen plenty of guys who do these mass entries where they go 150 lineups and, you know, let's whatever, like a guy that they had in 70% of their lineups gets an ankle injury, you know, in the first quarter. Like that's not, that's not the life I'm trying to live. You know, that's a lot of money going in and sometimes it might not come out that way, but I've been, I've been so much more realistic with betting over the last couple of years, you know, just treating it more seriously and, you right, know, and and you try, also know that try, that try to make your small gains as opposed to going for the home run all the time. You know, if right. I if I were an offense, I would be the San Francisco 49ers trying to get those first downs. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and you know, like you know, but also you know that my biggest sports bet ever, I couldn't lose because of that survivor pool. So does that even count? Um, I mean, it shouldn't because it wasn't an actual bet, but it was that's, though. That's, it was an I mean, actual bet, and I actually still, won the bet because I lost. No, the I know, but it's still it's still fucking super stressful, you know. Like, but it wasn't. I was either winning fifteen grand or fifty grand, so I was good either way. It kind of is because the possibility of fifty grand, like that. That's uh, a honestly, 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 actually, it's funny because because uh, Cam Newton beat me in that. That isn't that funny. Because it was, it was the it was Carolina against the favored at home Atlanta Falcons, and I had the Falcons, and Cam Newton upset them. So that's how I 
didn't win 50, but I still won 15. Dude, who's going to turn down that much money? Come on. It wasn't yeah. stressful at all. It was just like, okay, I win this much instead of that much. Whatever, bro. The the opportunity to win 50 grand, 50 grand, that would change your boy's life. Your boy might be living in the Sunshine State if you had 50 grand. Oh, yeah, we should talk. So we'll talk off air about the Sunshine State. I got I to gotta tell you about a little something there. Really? All right, all right. Yeah. Especially if if Governor Murphy's gonna keep playing hardball, then hey, if if, if you're willing to move to uh, to Florida, I might have to introduce you to someone. Now, all right, we, we again, we're gonna talk off air, but what's the what's the city? What's the area in Florida? What area? In Florida? Huh? That you're you're talking about Florida, right? You'd have to move to Miami for the for what oh, I'm talking about. I I got I got family in there. So what's up? I'm not telling you now. I'll tell you off air. It's not something to talk about. Yeah, I know. No, I know. I said, like, what's up as a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, retaliatory, whatever. Retorting. So we're going to be, we're going to become roommates in Florida? <laughs> yeah. Get the cabanas out, folks. No, I'll come visit you. Yeah. All right. A couple games left on the four o'clock that we got to get to, Paulie. What have, what have we Let's, not hit yet? Uh, the... Eagles at Broncos. Broncos two and a half, 45 and a half total. Money line pretty, pretty juicy here. Broncos minus 135. Eagles plus 130. Keep in mind, this is after the Broncos just got that monumental money line win at Dallas. Just absolutely dominated the Cowboys. I believe they were up 27 to nothing, if I'm not mistaken, at one point in that game. So why so small against the three and six Eagles right here? Yeah, I have no opinion on this game. We talked about this off air. This is, literally, I have picks on every game, and this game I just wrote Eagles at Broncos <laughs> because I can't figure it out. Like initially, I'm like, I'll take whoever plus the points. The, the, the Eagles are are getting points, correct? They are. So Two initially, I was like Eagles plus the points, but like make it three. Then I was like, you know what, Teddy covers Broncos minus two and a half. I'm literally, this is just a game I'm off. I can't figure it out. These are also two teams that, like, I don't bet on that often. But, like, gun to my head, Eagles money line. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I'm actually going to go pretty damn heavy on Eagles money line this week because I had the Eagles against the Chargers, and that was one of the smarter plays of the week last week to go with the Eagles. Uh, you know, that line, all the money going the places that it was, it, it, it was the sharp thing to do. It just, you know, it didn't pan out. Um, I, I can't, you know, the Broncos just had that huge win in Dallas, right? Like usually when you have a high that big, you don't come back the next week with the same amount of vigor. And I think a lot of people are just expecting, uh, you know, they're expecting the Broncos after you just manhandle a six and one Cowboys team you know, just manhandle them. And then you expect the, them to come back out and do it against the Eagles the next week. And I don't know if that's going to happen. The Eagles are also one of those weird teams. So the Eagles stink against really good teams, but are seemingly better than, like, the middle of the pack and bad teams. That's where the Broncos fall, unless they're better than I think they are, which I don't think they are. So one thing, too, with the Eagles' philosophy is that uh, the last two games, so this is against the, the Lions and the Chargers, they have gone heavy run, right? And the Eagles, they've been getting mocked. Nick Sirianni, the first-year head coach, everybody was mocking these guys about how they don't run the football, and he's almost like trolling everybody 
by being like, oh, look how much I'm running the football now. They don't do anything but run the football. So uh, it, it could be maybe an under here. I mean, I'd love to get that number to 45 something, you know, something over 45 or 45 and a half. But that's where, you know, you want to be more in that territory right there uh, if we're going with the under. But again, I, you know, just like you said, I think the smartest play here is Eagles money line plus 130. Absolutely love it. What I think I'll do, because the cards are off the board right now, is I'll see how the 1 o'clocks go, and I'll probably play the cards and the Eagles together at 4 o'clock. All right. With three games left, we are at about an hour 08 in this one, but the rest of these are some damn good games, so we'll get to them. Seahawks at the Packers. Packers opened up as a five-point favorite. Currently, they are only a three-point favorite. Total, 495 you even seen the money lines drop down a little bit. Uh, Green Bay at minus 170, Seattle at plus 155. Is this an overreaction to Russell Wilson coming back, or, or is Green Bay gonna gonna do the damn thing on Sunday with Rodgers coming back, all pissed off at all the COVID haters? Well, th- uh, this game is 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 dependent on the quarterbacks. Where if Russ is back, yes, but we don't know if Rodgers is playing yet. So. If Rodgers plays, I like the Packers. If Rodgers doesn't play, I'm confused why what's, this is the line. What's why is Rodgers not allowed to play? Like, he, he is not. He's currently not eligible yet. That's ridiculous. He does not. He if if the game was tonight, he wouldn't be able to play. He is not. He he remains in COVID protocol. Is the best way to explain it. I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I know that you don't. I know, but also, like, <laughs> do we wait? Do we know that Russ is back, or it's just like fifty-fifty that he's back? I they he's ready to go. He's ready to go. If Russ is back and he's ready to go, and Jordan Love gets to start another game, I would I would put all the money that I'm currently up in football on the on the Seattle Seahawks to win in Lambo because Jordan Love is not good. But I need to see if Aaron Rodgers plays. It's obviously. You know, that's you're out. You have a the MVP versus a rookie that, you know, they're trying not to start at all costs. So, so we'll have to see. This is a wait and see, but I think I'm going to end up betting the Seahawks. I'm probably going to go with the Packers. I think Rodgers does play in this game, and I hope he throws for like eight touchdowns, does the the double discount check, and then Joe Rogan comes from a helicopter via ladder right onto the middle of the field and gives him a high five just 